welcome to Our Social Impact, brought to you by the Prison Scholar Fund. The Prison Scholar Fund's mission is to provide education and employment assistance to help currently and formerly incarcerated people succeed and thrive in society while avoiding homelessness and the revolving door of reincarceration. The PSF also advocates for reform in correctional education to increase opportunity for all. As a nonprofit, we rely on investments, volunteers, and are always looking for board members to champion our mission. Please connect with us through our website at prisonscholars.org, where you can find volunteer opportunities, make a contribution, and learn about becoming a board member. You can also email us at info at prisonscholars.org and find us through most social media platforms at Prison Scholars. Become a patron by supporting us directly at Patreon with at Prison Scholars. We appreciate your review of this podcast through whatever platform you listen through. Without further ado, here's Dirk Van Velsen, founder and CEO of the Prison Scholar Fund. Hello and welcome to our social impact. Today we have Julian Saucier, Executive Director of Yoga Behind Bars. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming today. Uh, I'd love to hear more about you and how you how you ended up at Yoga Behind Bars. All right. So I've, I've uh, been at Yoga Behind Bars for about four weeks as the Executive Director. Um, I got to Yoga Behind I've been involved with Yoga Behind Bars for about, I guess about five years. Um, I heard about it from a friend of mine who was on the board at the time who uh, was formerly incarcerated himself. And I... Uh, went to one of their luncheons, one of their um, e-drink gifts, and I immediately fell in love with the organization. It's an organization having a big impact on the um, people behind bars, um, giving them different ways of thinking, um, movement, meditation, and different ways of coping with the difficult circumstances of being incarcerated. Um, I was drawn to it because I had my own experience when I was behind bars. Um, a nice gentleman uh, got me out of the yard to do some yoga, and uh, it had a huge impact on my on my well-being and my um, ability to to navigate through the system for the next you know five years. So it um it uh, allowed me to hear more positive things as opposed to the negative things, and allowed me to um, to made it is a the leader of a lot of change. It was like the it was what I needed to have a clear mind to be able to move forward and just take advantage of whatever I could in that situation and not, um, not just focus on all the, you know, what I did wrong and how I was impacting my family and how I was impacting the people I care about. So, so was that in Washington State? Were you incarcerated that here? Was, that started in Chicago. I got arrested in Chicago. Okay. I moved out to Chicago, um, lived in a few different places. I, um, I lived in Washington and I moved to um go to school in Arizona, and I had a job there for about 13 years working in the airline industry as a, as a computer guy, a database guy, and um, then I just moved to Chicago to start doing contract work, and I had like three one-year contracts, then I moved to New York for one year, and I moved back to Chicago, and I just, you know, in, in life I was just going through a lot, so I just, um, I got caught up in this little party scene, and I just um, ended up, uh, you know, messing with drugs and ended up um, finding my way into being arrested by the DEA. So. so when you say party scene, kind of like a club kid? I mean, yeah. that was kind of what I was, that was my deal. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, so we were doing like X in those days, and yeah. I never really got into meth or anything. Yeah. Uh, was that, what was your drug of choice? Um, so I, 
It turned out to be math was the thing. Math is what got me. Yeah. And um, I did a little bit. I just didn't like being out of control. I thought I was in control. It was my favorite choice, but it was um, it was a foolish, you know, it was a foolish detour in my life, you know. Yeah. So uh, it sounds like your club kid had some drug exposure. Were you selling it or manufacturing it or just using no, it? No, I was. Um, so I I had a big circle, of, you know, when you're. Kid, you, know, like, you have like a lot of people. I wasn't a kid. I was, a, it was, it was a club older guy. <laughs> well, you, you guys, the people go clubbing with. Yeah, yeah, it was a club group, um, and they. Uh, I had a circle, so I got, uh, so I found a good deal and got some some quantity, and I just knew we, we weren't getting bad stuff, and just you know provided for me and my friends. So that's a good service because you can probably get a good deal. You know the quality is okay. Yeah. You can look out for your friends so they get good stuff. Yeah. But the law probably doesn't look at it that way. No. In fact, um, it's one of the things I learned in my drug program was there is no good drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so the drugs might have been clean of impurities, yeah. but drugs are still terrible yeah. in, in a different way. Yeah. So that gave you, what, five years? I got sentenced to 88 months, which I had to computate when I went to, when the judge sentenced me. My head, <laughs> but before then I was getting taken away. <laughs> I was trying to do the math, but um, it was uh, yeah, I got checked, I got uh, sentenced to 88 months in prison, oh, okay. I've been doing five years, got time off all my good behavior, and I got off time for um, doing the drug treatment program. Oh, very cool. Oh, yeah. uh, you mentioned you mentioned that you're doing yoga there. Was that yoga the yoga behind bars program, or is that just no? Oh. This is a guy who came up and said, Hey, you know. I see you just kind of, uh, what are you doing, you know, you're just kind of like existing and you want to go out and do yoga with me, you know, let's go, I have a book, I've done yoga in the past, let's go out there and the two of us started and a few people added on and, uh, but we were not allowed, like in our yard, you weren't allowed to, to congregate, so they like, they had too many things, they had to accuse us like, you guys are doing martial arts, you guys are doing, you know, they, they, you know, they yeah, divide us the, all. If you do the warrior pose, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it'll, it'll freak them out a little yeah. bit. So, um. Yeah, in my prison, I remember if we had more than three people in a group, they exactly. would break it up. Yeah. Well, was, it, was that your number two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's the federal Three of us system. were loyal, and then the rest of them kind of like did it, did it a little further. Yeah, they could they could do the three three other people twenty feet away. And it's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it turned out just um, allowed me to space my mind to kind of free all the negative thoughts. Cause I I, had a, I was fighting my case for four years, so I was in a very dark space when I went into when I finally got into prison. And I, during that four-year process, I lost my brother, who was a, a Seattle Police Bingo president. I lost um, two years in that. Oh, sorry to hear that. So I came back out for that. It was just, you know, my family, it was just me, my brother, my parents, and I. I also have a sister who's developmentally disabled. And I just saw what, I was, what my mom went through with my brother, and my mom was going through with what I was facing. So it was very difficult to... To, to manage in my head, I was very, I was already, you know, I was already susceptible to depression and stuff like that, and it just, uh, you know, made it worse. Yeah, prison's tough enough on a good day, so yeah. especially if you got some uh, some things on your mind, yeah. it makes it a lot tougher. Yeah. yeah. So when I started doing the yoga, I started uh, like reading more. I started um, taking classes. I started participating more. I started like um, I got a better job. My other my first job was just kind of a just a goodbye job and I was just sweeping my Oh, one of the jobs inside the prison. Yeah, yeah. So I got a, um, getting a job in the metal factory and working in there. Yeah, I, I know the feds have, is it called Precore? It's called Unicore. Oh, Unicore. Yeah. So is that the factory job you have? Yeah. 
Like like hundred bucks a month or two hundred bucks? Yeah, not not too much. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's enough to get buy get buy some commissary. Yeah, because otherwise a regular regular job is what ten bucks, fifteen bucks a month. Kind of rough. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you get a lot more for working for the for the factory, but um, yeah, I I was I surprised myself. I was I was always a computer guy and kind of like a non um, you know, non labor, and I was on assembler, so I was using tools I had none of before. So I was. You know, so it's kind of I mean, cool. other little guy. We were like the fast, the fastest assemblers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so at least you're having fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Was was yeah. 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 So then, how? Uh, what happened from there to getting released? Just kind of just did your time and so yeah. So, so I was there for three years, and then I just actually, oh, I got to, I got my parents live in Washington, so I I hadn't seen them but once. They only were able to come down one time when I was um, in, in California, in Terminal Island. And they, um, you know, I was like upset that you know I haven't just started thinking you know, I haven't seen them for a while. I wanna, you know, is there any way I can get closer to home? And so I just pondered that for a while, and I went and just asked my counselor. I said, you know, what does it take for me to be able to move closer to my closer home? And uh, she got on the computer and you know clicked her buttons, and she's like, I don't know why you're still here. Oh, I was gone <laughs> the next week. Was, no way. <laughs> yeah. You come up to Sheridan? Yeah, I went to Sheridan to the to the camp. And I uh, smart move. Yeah. I was able to see my family came down a lot more. I was able to see my nieces and um, my sister-in-law and report them and were just upstairs. And several friends came down as well. So. so how's your transition? It sounds like you, you had good family support, so maybe yeah. the transition was okay. Yeah. Um, my, yeah, it was, it was good, but my family was going through a little bit. And, like My mom was starting to show more signs of, um, I don't know, uh, Alzheimer's, you know? She was getting oh, yeah. a lot more forgetful. So it was, um, you know, I wish I was here sooner. Okay. Spend more time with her, but um, I mean, she's she's still around. But you know, she's you know, there's active signs. Yeah, that's gotta be tough. Yeah, yeah, have to my uncle too. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, we still work through that. But I was able to. But they came down quite a bit. My mom and my dad, so that was good. And um, and then uh, I, one thing I avoided the whole time when I was. Turmoilin was I did not want to get in the kitchen no matter what. So I avoided the kitchen duty for the entire fifteen years. Did you really? Yeah, never got in the kitchen. Yeah. Well, I thought I was lucky, but I. Um, you can eat better though. Oh yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So uh, there, I first they put me in the power center. I was like, this is cool. And then I just walk around checking gauges and stuff. And then they're, and then they're like, we have too many people in the power room. Some people are in the kitchen, and I end up going to the kitchen. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I got so in there. What was your role in the kitchen? So just, first, first one was um. So this is the best job in the kitchen. Is um, orderly. We just dump the trash at the end of the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, then, like, I was there for like maybe a week or two before the guy, the officer in charge of the kitchen, was like, "Do you want to be a cook?" I'm like, "I don't know how to cook." He's <laughs> like, "I'll teach you." Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to cook. <laughs> You're perfect. <laughs> Come on in. Yeah. So, um, so I, I uh, so I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll try." So you know, so I started. Doing it, you know, we started um, cooking pancakes. The guy was leaving, and I became the, the the head cook. Really? Yeah, and um, and we started like making the food better. Like we started like focusing on stuff. Like we had a pretty good officer who would help us order what we needed, and we were really? able to, um, we did. You sit down with him at the ordering book. Here we need these ingredients. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's you know, there's a farm. There's a kind of like there's a farm there, so we had like some fresh stuff there, a lot of fresh stuff. Very cool. Um, so it was a lot. It was, it was healthy. It wasn't you know, just. Good as a prison food can be. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's not 
there's no preservatives. You're not eating McDonald's. Or you're not eating, you know, junk or anything. It's like if you focus on just eating the vegetables and the protein, yeah, you feel pretty healthy when you got out there. Now. So it's prison organic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, just focused on that and taking classes and and then the drug program was pretty intense. It's a nine month program. And it's pretty emotional road to go through. Yeah, so you took classes. Did you have a degree before you got to prison? I did. Computer science really. You just kind of just kept on taking classes for fun? Yeah, I, I was outdated. You know, so yeah. as soon as you were out of computers for a couple of years, I knew I couldn't go back to the software I was using when I came in. You know, my big height of mine was Y2K was my big, my nightmare season. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then once you got out, what was the transition like? And how long ago was it? Um, so I got out in 2000 and... <laughs> 2011. Okay. So I got out in 2011. Um, that summer I moved to the halfway house in Tacoma. And I, uh, and you go out every day, you know, searching for work. Looking for work, yeah. yeah. And get close a lot and they say, oh, HR says no, or, you know, a lot of you know, stuff I end up having. Um, I ended up getting it, I ended up, um, after maybe six weeks, I am um, six to eight, six to eight weeks, I get enough, uh, a friend of mine said, go apply at, um, Recovery Innovations, they do, um, crisis services, which, which, you know, which was good, because, it, yeah, I, it's, like, based on your experience, you're supporting other people, so I went, and it's, like, a peer service role, so and I you, you have a great been there, done that perspective, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so, he went there, and I just, I, he said, just tell her what you, to come through and I said just one night this lady interviewed me and she was in charge of the program and she's just like everything she was um, from Belgium and she everything I said on my experience she goes ooh that's great that's great you know? <laughs> I'm like oh that's wonderful you know like, I'm like, like what it's like, you know? do you have more do you yeah more? exactly like everything everything I've been through uh, was a validation for my ability to do the job yeah so I could be the job right there on the spot so congratulations yeah so I mean, you had to earn it though right oh yeah through, through life yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, so I started doing that. And I did, and I something happened. Unfortunately, something I ended up getting full time right away. But I, again, I couldn't find a place to live, so I ended up living in this hotel, which took up a lot of my income I was making. You know. So, like, you could find a place to live because they wouldn't rent to you, right? So, oh. yeah. What was that like? That was difficult. You know, you go find a place, a place near work. You know, it turned out to be okay. Um, now, were, were the actual apartment buildings by management companies or yeah, just people? Okay, yeah. Yeah, most of that's difficult. And then this guy from work just one day um, uh, came up and said, Hey, uh, I hear you're looking for a place. Um, I have a friend who has a condo and he, he can move in there. So, two bedroom condo, so excellent. So, that worked out pretty good for a year or two. I can't remember how long it was. But I stayed there for a couple of years before uh, moving in my current situation, which is really old friend of mine and you're from Arizona um, yeah that's kind of what you have to do because I remember when I was looking I knew the apartment buildings were not going to happen yeah. and then so I would just try to find places in, in the one ads yeah so it's like you know roommate for for share right of course un, during this time it was on under DOC custody so I would have to tell them right like they're not really gonna ask because it's just some guy with an ad in the paper right but to be transparent it's like hey just let you know Right. Here, here's here's the story. Right. And then, uh, so I would never get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was lucky to get the job because um, uh, the you know they go they went to every you know I forgot the job but I didn't realize it they come out they they're like we have to go talk to your employer, 
your future employer. You know, yeah, they go and they're like, do you know blah blah? And she goes, yes, and we think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> like that's why we hired him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's, it's funny because the, the DOC staff. Presumably, they're to make sure you succeed. But mm-hmm. what they really do is just throw every obstacle yeah, in front of you. That's true. Like we want to make sure you succeed, so we're going to just go ahead and tell everyone. Yeah, yeah, and make it and make it sound make it sound terrible. Max over worse, you know. Yeah. So you're working there, and that was RI just before you right. be, became uh, ED so, of yoga. Yeah. So yeah, I did that. I started there as a disappear counselor, not just as a peer counselor. It was okay. very valuable and important. But I uh, got an opportunity to become the support service. Coordinator and then support services manager. So, so you kind of went up. You went up the ladder. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. So I was like, you were there for 2011 all the way till just recently. Well, okay. Yeah, eight, eight years. So four weeks now. You go behind bars. Oh, yeah, this, this my fourth week started today. Yeah. So how does how's the transition? Is it just as chaotic as the other place with all these different jobs you're doing? So it's yoga. So yeah. it's like so the staff is very, um, you know. Uh, it's a very self-care oriented system that's very um you know really focusing on well-being and communicating so, so far it's just it's a small great staff i had like a lot of direct reports at another job and i this one's like less and it's not 24 hours a day it just fills me kind of gently recruit. but it's a lot of information i'm learning you have to learn a lot because i have to learn the programs i have to learn there's a lot coming at me at the same time yeah and the new role is fundraising you know? yeah especially being ed of a new organization yeah you're still kind of on call twenty four seven. Yeah, depends on how you want to structure your. Yeah. What, what, what you I mean, you're thinking about things. There's a lot of stuff to do all up time and discussion dinners and meeting people, and making sure you're starting building a network, and you invite you get invited to a lot of things. So far, so it's been it's been um for this this staff is remarkable, and we're we're clicking. Cool. Yeah. So, what do you love most about it? Um, I love what we're doing for this for the students and the stories and hearing more of the stories. Because you got to experience that yourself. Yeah, and I now I get to t- I've been able to talk to a few of our um, instructors that we taught behind bars, and the, just the impact just in this field and hear it and, and see it a lot more than even when I was on the board. You know. Like, oh, so how many instructors do you have behind bars, and what's the ratio to the 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 yogis you bring in? So um, so yeah, we have like uh, ten. Um, male teachers and about I think we have two or three female instructors now and they're surprisingly they're they are uh, teaching about how to work classes now like, because they're they have access they're there all the time um, instead of going in and going especially to some remote remote spots um, they all came in through the training and they, then they were sent back out to different locations and they're teaching more classes and then more programs very cool. Yeah. Now, do they get? Is that a job at the institution, or is that? Yeah. So we, we get for that, and they have a job. Really? A job. They get a pay number. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really good. Congratulations. Yeah. That's a that's a big deal to get yeah. the state to pay for you and instructors. Yes. Yeah. It's it's really impactful, and it and it's, it's it can help them both upon release as well. So, um, we are hoping to. I think we're we're looking at evaluating whether we're going to uh, try to do that again. In about a year. Oh, is that kind of a one-time deal? You said. Yeah, so we did it. We know we did it, and it's expensive. Yeah. So we're going to do a campaign or raise money. For oh, that. is that something you guys pay for then? Yeah. So we. Have, oh, gotcha. So, so we have to get. Yeah, because we got to. You raise money to get the state. Yeah, yeah. So we got to because you know, it's, and then there's a lot of follow-up, and and we have and then we start using our outside instructors and mentors for them so to to help support, sustain, and, and 
So it's interesting, earlier you told me about a clemency you're hearing you went to. Yeah. And share with me that perspective on how they viewed the yoga thing. So um, the clemency hearing is seems as so one-sided, like there's no real um, intent on on seeing a redemption or the compassion to the to the person that committed the crime. Is. Um, it was very difficult because uh, one of our students that we trained um, is doing really well, actually. You know, from what from when he's a kid, you know, he got arrested when he was a kid, like over thirty years ago, and um, and he uh, and when they started talking about yoga, they made it. It wasn't is his job. He works at it six days a week. Is his job in prison and it's work. Um, they made it sound like um, he was using it. You know, like yoga was a great thing to have. You know, you're like he's blessed to be able to do yoga. And, you know, there's nothing really wrong with doing fire in prison. Um, he needs to do yoga, which is not. It's well, not. It's not enough punishment. Yeah. It's like if he's got enough time. Yeah. Even though it's, even though he's not scrubbing pots in the kitchen, his job is yoga. Right. Which means, well, prison isn't so bad, so uh, you right. can just stay in there. Yeah, kind of. That's the way. I mean, that's part of it. There was a lot. There was, was a little more in depth than that, but it's just, it was, that was the implication of the prosecutor, which is, I, I, prosecutors are real difficult for me to, <laughs> just the perception, you know, to have them, the way they talk about anybody, it's just, you gotta realize that's, their job is to put you in prison. Yeah. yeah. And well, they, was yeah. that a King County prosecutor? That was what? Pierce County. Okay. So King County's doing better. Pierce County's King County's doing a good job of um of uh getting different voices in the in the in um, YBB has done training with um, some Yeah, I knew that Dan Sat I knew that Dan Satterberg would be pro clemency because he'd look at back on sentences like especially after the third strike thing happened. Right. Yeah. He, he was kind of he would actually suggest people yeah. for clemency. Yeah. Um, I didn't so realize I, that I don't know where he's at like now. A sister, you know, you'd think of Tacoma as, as Pierce County is kind of like a sister city in a way, but it's just, um, there's not a lot of um, heart there. It's very disappointing to hear a perspective on how you can drag so many negative nuggets out of something. So. How long was that guy incarcerated for? 30 years. So that's a good run. So he's probably... Learns less than you would think. Yeah, yeah, and he actually has done a lot of things to redeem himself. He's done, he's done the redemption project. He's teaching, and training other people. He's, um, he's, uh, he's taking yoga to teach and train other people. That he can start on his own. He's, he's uh, reconnected with his family. Um, he's got like a some a few outsider supports considering. Um, and this kid was went through um, a lot on his own. He had like a, he had like a. Horrible childhood. He was abandoned by his by his mom. Was abused by his father. He was like he had a lot. He had a rough time. Oh my gosh! This story is just unimaginable. I don't, I couldn't have handled what he had to handle as a kid. And yeah, how old how old was he when he got sentenced? He was eighteen. So that's kind of the juvenile sentencing deal. Yeah. So he's he's an adult, but he was seven months older than the, the, he, he the guy who actually did the who actually pulled the trigger. You know, he was with him, but the other guys. Did he have the, uh, the was the family family yes, were family. they still uh, objecting? Yeah, they're still yeah, they're still really hurting and hey, I get I get that. Yeah, it's, that's tough when Yeah. It's hard to heal. I mean it is. I mean, because you're still feeling the impact for the rest of your life. But yeah, kinda, I think it's, it's I think like, he's a, he's an, he's an adult now, he's an entirely different person. And for what he's all the impact he's having on, on people now is I think is pretty remarkable. 
So does it get another run in the future? Or? I'm really not sure how that works. We're trying to assess that today. See what like, plan B it was. It was really it was difficult for we had a, quite a few um, people from the from white from the other white bars go down there and and show some support. And um, when we left, it was very hard. They do they vote, take the boat right there. They take the boat right there at the end. Yeah, the the recommendation to the governor. Yeah, they have the they have the um yeah, the recommendation to the governor. They have the they have the uh, um, you know the the person acting, acting asking for clemency hearing first, and then they allow the prosecutors to destroy it, and then that's the neighbor. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't go well. Well, no, it was five to zero. Also, well, at least you tried. Yeah, yeah. I just I worry about that. You know, I worry about the individual. You know. Yeah. Like it. It's, it was just heartbreaking. Yeah. Know? Because I've been. I know. Um, you can see the struggle and see how much he changed and how much pain he's in. You know, it's not hard to, to assess that. All right, so what's uh what's next for Yoga Behind Bars? What do you want to do with it? So oh maybe we can talk about something more uplifting. Yeah, um, I want, I really want us to get some sustainability. I want us to. Um, oh, do you want to grow it, or do you want to stay kind of, or maybe we should just cover how many prisons you're in right now. We're in, I think, eighteen. Is that all of Washington? All of Washington. Other states too? Okay, just Washington. Washington only. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all our prisons. Or do yeah. you, are there some that you haven't hit yet? Um, I'm not sure. I think there's, if I remember, if my, draws me a while, I'm just trying to get back acclimated. And my program lessons are this week. Okay. Um, I, uh, um, I know there's a, I think there's two remote ones that we're doing. Yeah, a couple of camps, yeah. camp, couple camps you haven't, haven't hit. Yeah, so, um, it's not really the. It's not really going to be about. Um, it's not about like expansion and growth. It's about providing good programs and the, and the systems that are, that are working well that we're at, and hopefully kind of kind of digging deeper yeah. into what you already have. Yeah, and I like to reevaluate the yoga behind bars online program because we get a lot of requests from out of state, from out of the country, for people to 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 learn trauma informed yoga, which is what we're doing. I think we've excelled at it, um, and. I'd like to see that get launched a little better, a little stronger, and be able to be open to more people than just um, yoga mind. Yoga, yoga mind bars um, online is a it's a great program. We have to be able to market it and let people hear it. So, it's, so I like to, I'd like to see us get more earn income. Some different things. So we're doing some teacher trainings around the country. Um, we're doing. Um, I'd like to see us do a proper launch of, of YBB online. So are you, are, you, are, you, are you thinking of rebranding since it's not? I'm thinking about it because it's, I'd like to see that. I'd like to come up with a, with a name that's more open. It's because I think people, like I know that at my old job, we have a, a, a instructor who took the class, is now teaching yoga to our, we have two 16 bed units. He's teaching, or we, they, they have <laughs> two um, 16 bed units and um, we're teaching yoga to their people. I think it, I think it helped in a lot of different um, living situations with you know, people that are um, going through either mental health crisis, mental health crisis, mental health long term, um, maybe even um, people in the retirement community. There's a lot of different opportunities to, to learn something and, and remote online and, and, and check the skill trauma forms the, the way out there. Yeah, so maybe don't call it yoga behind bars in the retirement community because that might be too real. No, for right, <laughs> exactly. I think, it's, I think it's the name's a little limiting. So in my opinion, um, I think it can be more broad. I have to really look at the 
but if they look through it, you know, through it and see how much is geared towards institutions, maybe have a couple different modules that allow it to open up a little bit more. So how do you measure impact of yoga? Yeah, it's, it's a difficult impact to measure. Um, and that's and that's where we like to get some help and that's one thing that I like to do is get because that's one thing I hear when, when we talk to um, some funders and some grant funders is is uh, you know show us some and how do you quantify how do you quantify the impact? Yeah. I know I mean I know because I know in my head I know in my heart I know what we hear from our students, but how do you make it measurable to understand impact? There are some studies out there. Yeah, I remember like even with with prisoner education, some of the things they would measure would be like a decrease in the number of infractions or right. violent episodes right. in the prison. Right. And then you can then you can say it's safer for the guards, it's safer right. for the environment. So right. instead of yoga to coddle prisoners, making it sound like it's so, so much fun in a prison, yeah. there's actually other things that happen. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 a ripple effect of good that happens from from selling the mind calming. I like that the ripple effect of good. That could be the uh, <laughs> new name of the organization. <laughs> So if you could wave your magic wand and make it all perfect, what would that look like? That would look like a, a sustainable budget where I can take care of take care of staff where they deserve to be taken care of, where we're taking care of as many, where we're serving as many student, students as possible to have, have an impact on them and the lives of their families. And, um, and, and their outcomes are coming out better so that they don't have to, to reduce recidivism. And, and they can come out being a force in the community, you know, like have a, have a positive impact. Awesome. So how many people would you anticipate would participate in your program? What percentage of the inmate population? So I, I was just actually just read that and and I have to, like our, one of their goals was to, was to touch like 50%. I don't know if we can do really? that. Really? That's pretty high. It's it's fun. It just allows you, like for me, like immediately, like honestly, like when I started doing yoga on the field, it started making me realize how much I had control of, which was the way I felt, the way I was thinking, and control of how I perceive the environment around me. And it just, that was just, that just changed everything. Like just to go, I, I'm still a human, I'm still here on this planet. This is the same grass that other people are touching. That's the same sun, the same moon, same water. It's the same earth that everyone else is on. I just need to, to you know, it just, it just changed like, Kind of connects you with yeah, your world with, with the world, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for the work you're doing, thank you. and thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you, appreciate it. And we'll put your uh, all your social media handles on the end of this, and you can share it. All right, I appreciate that. All right, appreciate thank it. Thank you. Nice meeting you, by the way. You're, you've been an amazing um, uh, connection and mentor of relationships. You know, and gone through these top of your programs. So I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Julian. Happy to help. All right. Want to see you guys do well. Thank you. Bye. Right.